go on your way. They said, however, no, we shall spend the night in the square. Yet he urged them strongly, so they turned aside to him and entered his house, and he prepared a feast for them and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Before they lay down, the men of the city, uh, the men of Sodom, surrounded the house, both young and old, all the people from every quarter. And they called the lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? <clears throat> Bring them out to us, that we may have relations with them. But Lot went out to them at the doorway and shut the door behind him, and said, Please, my brothers, do not act wickedly. Now behold, I have two daughters who have not had relations with man. Please let me bring them out to you, and do to them whatever you like. Only do nothing to these men, as much as they have come under my sh the shelter of my roof. But they said, Stand aside. Furthermore, they said, This one came in as an alien, and already he is acting like a judge. Now we will treat you worse than them. So they pressed hard against Lot and came near to break the door. But the men reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves trying to find the doorway. Then the men said to Lot, Whom else have you here? Your son-in-law and your sons and your daughters and whomever you have in the city, bring them out of the place. For we are about to destroy this place, because their outcry has become so great before the Lord that the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were to marry his daughters, and said, Up, get out of this place, the Lord will destroy the city. Uh, but he appeared to be his sons-in-law to be jesting. So, these two men uh, <laughs> moved quickly. We got down that evening to Sodom, where Lot was sitting in the gate. And what does Lot offer these two men? Similar to what Abraham did. Yes, but different place to stay. Yes, this is late. So what they would have needed was a bed, not so much food. You know, he gives them eaten. what they were looking for. What? Because they've just eaten a lot. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You know, they gorged themselves. So, yeah. Good point. Um, and, and you have to appreciate Lot's attitude in that. He, he has to really twist their arm in verse 3. And he prepares food for them as well, even though the main thing was to have a place to stay. Now, why was Lot so insistent on taking these two guys in? It appears that he knew how the man of the city worked. That's exactly right. It isn't safe <laughs> to stay out there. Uh, so he's trying to shield these two strangers from some of the horrible atrocities that those men in Sodom commit. Um, and, and, you know, he takes care of them and, and all that. And then, what do the men of Sodom do? They come to get the men and they want to have relations with them. Wow. What do you, what do you make of that? Makes you wonder, did, was Lot aware of this and from what experience? you know, previous experiences, or... Uh, or there, maybe the news travels. Were there no... <laughs> yeah, if it did, there wouldn't be many travelers through Sodom, would there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess not straight ones. Yeah. Yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> this is pathetic. I mean, wow. Can you imagine this? I mean, basically, kind of homosexual gang rape. I mean, it's just... Whoa. He's, he's a fresh, you know, face. Look at that. Wow, or they are. 
Um, so it just really gives you a view of Sodom that is, is disturbing. But probably not any more disturbing than what Lot said. <laughs> wow. What does Lot do? Take my daughters. Why? He seems to value these these stranger guests above his own daughters. Does that seem hard to believe? Maybe it shouldn't. Now, to go to this extreme, well, but how many times do we not do well by our children when we're entertaining guests? And get to the point where it's almost like we're trying to cater to the guests at the expense of what our children need from us. I remember uh, a movie that I saw. I haven't seen many, so I remember some of them, especially the ones I saw 30 years ago. And uh, Savannah Smiles, or some of you seen that. Some of you may have heard me use this illustration, too. But uh, I forget the whole story of the movie, but she was the daughter of a like, guy running for governor something and he was in the dining room in the house with all of this big dining room big table all the important people he was trying to impress for his campaign were there banqueting or whatever and and the maid you know kind of sticks her head over the rail upstairs he looks up kind of impatiently Savannah says she wants you to, you to tell her good night and the father said put a quarter in her piggy bank and tell her I'll see her tomorrow Well, there's all kinds of things that we could say off of that one. That is so much what parents sometimes do. But, you know, this idea of he's not number one father to Savannah when he's got big shots he's trying to impress. Parents will do that. The child, children need discipline. But, oh, we've got people around. That would be embarrassing, you know, and look bad. Now, I'm all for taking the child somewhere where they're not directly embarrassed in front of the other people, but when parents just abdicate that, you know, and, and, and really try to cater to their guests, I think at least we see kind of the seeds of that, you know, in that. But still, not only is it kind of outrageous to offer your daughter, but to offer your daughter to these kind of men? What would they do with them? You know, that is, wow. What does that tell you about Lot? He's been living in the city for a little too long. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. His moral sensitivities are being affected. They're being damaged by his being in the city, I think. And I think this, is, this has been bad for him, morally and spiritually, to be there. You know, he's, he's very protective of those two men, and he's not in favor of you know, these men's plan, but, but does it ever get to where, when you're around so much really bad stuff that the sort of bad stuff doesn't seem so bad? And it's kind of erodes our thinking and, you know, I mean, I don't know, there's all kinds of illustrations of that. But, but when, we're, when we're bombarded with gross 
you know, stuff, then sort of not too bad of stuff is okay. I wonder if Lot's not somewhere there. And that this is just really shows you the impact that moving to Sodom has had on him. What else do you want to say about this unusual uh, offer? Well, it seems that Abraham, I guess you would assume from when he was talking to God, that he assumed that Lot was righteous. Yes, I think so. And so, like, I wonder, because then we look at Lot and we're like, well, he's not very righteous. So I think maybe that proves your point, too, that, like, when Abraham knew him, maybe he wasn't like that, but then he's become <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Yes, that could be. We do have the passage we've got to account for somehow in Second Peter 2, uh, and uh, what, uh, verse uh, 7 and 8. If he rescued righteous Lot, oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men, for by what he saw and heard that righteous man while living among them felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. So, I mean, even the scriptures call him righteous Lot, but that is a more generous definition of righteousness than we might otherwise have expected. Kind of ironic, too. Remember the rest of the story? Lot sort of ends up fulfilling what he didn't want those men to do. Or what he offered for those men to do, I guess. The most shocking part of this story, though, the, the, the men <laughs> yank Lot back in, shut the door, and strike those men with blindness. I am assuming perhaps temporary blindness. <clears throat> and what do the men of Sodom do when they're blinded? Groping for the door. Yeah, they wear themselves out trying to find the door. I mean, they are obsessed with this. <laughs> you know, it, it's amazing how immorality can come to just dominate us. And this is just irrational, this is ridiculous. But they just are crazed by this desire. It's really, really sad. All right, comments or questions through 11? It's also really sad that they turned down the women for the men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, they don't want the daughters. Right. I think it might be appropriate to make this comment. I mean, the more we pervert God's purpose for our bodies, the more immoral and unreasonable we become. Now, not everybody who is tempted by homosexuality commits acts of homosexuality. And we can overcome temptation. But, but committed homosexuals, even in our culture, tend to be extremely perverted. Not just the homosexual part, but multiple, multiple, multiple partners. <laughs> uh, just, you know, and, and, and gross behavior and so forth. I mean, 
the influence of these kinds of sins is to tear down whatever other morality and ethics we have. I'm not saying there is no, you know, honest homosexual, but I'm saying that the tendency is the more we immerse ourselves in these things, the more corrupt in every part of our life we become. <laughs> other thoughts? So the men tell Lot, well, who else have you got here? The Lord's about to destroy the city. You know, you need to warn them, and, and we got to leave in the morning. And so he spoke to, in the New American Standard, there's a debate about this, and I don't know the answer. In the New American Standard, he spoke to his sons-in-law who were to marry his daughters and, you know, encouraged them to leave. And they don't take it seriously. They're, they're, not, they're not spiritual. They don't see this as being a possibility. All right, comments or questions then through 14. Yeah, I wonder where the sons-in-law were in regard to the rest of the people. Yeah. Maybe they were straight, I don't know. Yes. Well, they couldn't have married the daughters yet, could they, because of verse 8? I think probably they were, like, um, you know, engaged. Right. All right, 15 to 22. As morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, and the Lord being merciful to him, <clears throat> the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. And as they brought him out, them out, one said, Escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. And Lot said to them, Oh no, my lords, behold, my servant has found favor in your, in your sight, and you have shown me great kindness in saving my life. But I cannot escape to the hills, lest disaster overtake me and I die. Behold, this city is near enough to flee to, flee to and it is a little one. Let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my life will be saved. He said to them, Behold, I will grant you this favor also, that that I will overthrow the city, that I will not overthrow the city in wh of which you have spoken. Escape there quickly, for I can do nothing till you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zor. Okay. So the next morning, these men encourage Lot and his family to leave so as not to be swept away in the punishment of the city. This is a great act of mercy on God's part to tell Lot, to warn him, and to give him a chance to leave. But what's Lot do? Hesitates. You know, it's quite a challenge to get Lot out of Sodom and somewhat of a challenge to get Sodom out of Lot's family. They've become a little too chummy. And I mean, knowing that there's going to be terrible destruction coming, they practically have to drag Lot out so that, you know, he's not destroyed in the punishment of the city. Again, I think this really shows you the mercy and grace of God. You know, God was willing to save anybody who remotely qualified. You know, I think if I'd have been the Lord and Lot was resisting, I'd have said, well, go ahead then. Just perish with the city. But God insists and said, you know, we can't really do anything to send the punishment, the destruction, till you guys get out of here. Uh, 
So, uh, he says, you know, here's where I want you to go. And Lot says, well, I really can't. It's too far, etc. This is a small town. Let me, let me go there. And so God allows that as well. He's extremely patient with Lot. Extremely patient. Because it would have been so easy just to say, that can get lost. I've done all this for you. And, and you ought to be the one pushing me out the door. I mean, you know, God comes to you and says, hey, there's going to be nuclear bombs hit in Annapolis right away. And the next morning says, you know, leave. I'd have probably left the night before anyway, you know. Wow. So, so God's patience is just amazing. And he even gives Lot the chance to escape to the town, you know, he wanted to instead of the mountains where God had first suggested. He's just really been patient. You know, the Lord's about to destroy Sodom and Lot's arguing about this, the escape route. I mean, it's like, wow. This is just really, really amazing. And it's almost like Lot doesn't see this as being an act of grace. He doesn't hardly see it as being a rescue. You know, for Lot, uh, he's, he's going to really miss Sodom. <laughs> I have trouble having a very high opinion of Lot. <laughs> Don't you, though? I mean, you know, but he he, is, he appears to recognize the men as angels or from I God. I think so. I think so. And he appears to believe that the city is going to be destroyed. I he think so. He has the power to do that. Yet, he argues that the mountain's too far away. God, there's no way I'll make it there. So, you know, you I'll be destroyed too. You're wrong about where I need to run to, is what it appears. Or the other thing I'm wondering is he's trying to save the other little city. Hadn't save, thought about that. Not, uh, you not know, if something in the valley. Let's. How about if I go over here and don't don't harm this place? Um, yeah, I hadn't thought about it though. I don't know. He still wants his green pastures and everything around that area. <laughs> yeah, or is close to Sodom as he could stay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all I know to say is, wow, isn't the Lord long-suffering? <laughs> because there, when he grants it, you know, I, I will not overthrow the town in which you have spoken, as if it were to be overthrown. Yeah, yeah he doesn't at least say that he wouldn't have overthrown it. Other thoughts? Well, it kind of seems like he escapes, you know, just with what he carries out. So he, he stands to lose a lot. Um, I guess it's not too surprising that he hesitates after he we see that he had stuck around to the point that he fully understood what kind of people he was living around. Yes. I mean, you know, he should have wanted out himself. He's had some real character weaknesses all along in this way. And clearly he's not been able to influence his family in a very good direction. Well, 23 to 26. The sun had risen over the earth when Lot came to Zor. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and one grew on the ground. But his wife from behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Okay. 
So the Lord himself destroys Sodom and Gomorrah, raining fire and brimstone down from heaven. Not only Sodom and Gomorrah, but all the cities of the valley, which would be like Admon, Zeboim, we find in Deuteronomy and also Hosea. And uh, what, what was the only casualty in Lot's escape? His wife. And what's the deal with her? She didn't want to leave, so she looked back. Yes. You know, I always grew up thinking this was like, you know, she just glanced back to see what's going on. You know, curiosity. But I don't think that's the point at all. This wasn't like, you know, I've told, shared with you before, I was always, as an elementary school kid, paranoid of eclipses. Cause, you know, if you look at the sun, then it's going to burn your eyes out and all that. And so, you know, days of eclipses, I kept my head down and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Well, I don't think this is just, you know, she forgot and she happened to glance behind her. You know, I don't think that's this. I think she didn't want to leave. And she's longing to go back, and she's looking back, not, I wonder if she hadn't already, you know, decided to start back, or, or at least delaying, you know, can't we stay, or whatever. Well, you should never long for the old life of sin. Don't ever want to go back to where you were. And when you start doing that, when you look, you're like, oh, I wish I could. Man, that was so much fun back there. You're, you're you know, you, you're just right there. You might as well, you're, you're practically in. You know, we can't have regrets over leaving the life that displeases the Lord. And we can't be looking longingly. You remember uh, Luke 17, 32? Remember Lot's wife. That's all it says. Don't look back to the world. You know, that's our, that's our lesson, and that's what she did. And, uh, you know, she became a pillar of salt. <coughs> oh, wow. Comments and thoughts? Well, what else would you have liked for it to be a pillar of? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's just it seems like a weird way for her to die. You know, it's like, you know, we'll turn around, I'm going to turn you into a pillar of salt. <laughs> you know, salt's a common thing. It, it may help us in our remembering the lesson. Do you ever think about Mrs. Lot whenever you're putting salt on your food? And, you know, wonder if this could have, you know, been a part of her? I mean, you know, it's uh, to, to turn her into a pillar of salt might make you think every time you salted your food. Well, the Dead Sea is a salty sea. And that's that's true also, and this is where that was. It was something to do with the way he destroyed it. So she fit right in with the uh, terrain. <laughs> think about these things. This was not, uh, it's not something I did, but I thought this was pretty good. Lot's wife died despite several things. She died despite the fact she'd been warned by God. She died despite the fact God is a God of love. She died despite the fact, as far as we know, she was not an immoral woman. She died despite being the wife of a righteous man. She died despite doing part of what God asked her to. And she died 
even though she may not have even understood why God told her not to look back. And of course, those are good lessons for us. So apparently, only three made it out. Lot and his two, his two daughters. Comments or questions? My Bible says, got the footnotes, it says, the salt uh, of the Dead Sea accumulated around her body. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a couple of uh, historians that claim to have seen the color of salt. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Josephus? Still in pillar form? And Josephus supposedly wrote about it. Wow. And a couple other people. But. So, when, when God does this to Sodom and Gomorrah, what does that do for Lot's well-watered pasture? And all he thought he was going to get out of moving down to Sodom. You know, this seemed like a wonderful investment, and it turned out to be a disaster. I think there's a lesson in that. You know, he should have thought about what the Lord wanted a long time before, and he just saved himself a lot of pain, a lot of loss. Other thoughts? All right, well, let's stop there. I want to... What would Lot think when he looked back at him? Do what? What would Lot think when he looked back? Or looked for his wife? <laughs> By how you've uh, crystallized. <laughs> well, it says she was behind him, right? So how would he have known? So, so he wouldn't have looked back. back. Well, I don't think looking back meant, you know, glancing back. I don't know. Was she behind? Yes. Yeah, back. back from behind him. <laughs> yeah, okay. From behind him. Yeah, you're right. But you think she was crystallized in her form? Yeah. The pictures always have her looking around. I, I, that's kind of what I've imagined, but I don't I know. I imagine a big pile. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> it's like I, I'm imagining a Mrs. Lot-shaped uh, <laughs> salt pillar. I don't know. Salt sculpture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drunk too much of that Dead Sea. Well, we'll talk a little bit more next week also about some of the implications of this. I think there's a lot of good things to meditate on as far as, you know, just the whole deal with, with Sodom and Lot. So, good discussion. Thanks for uh, joining all that. Thanks for braving the elements, John. Thank you. Did you have any trouble on the highway? It's slow. I didn't come the interstate. I decided uh, I'll avoid being detained forever if they had a wreck. Yeah. But 31 was bad.